Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Let's get that little education kicked off. I am Katie Petrick, joined by David Fiorazzo, and we have been talking about it forever and always. It's Freedom Project Academy, our K-12 Judeo-Christian online school, which yes. continues to enroll students right this moment for the fall. So get your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Yes. Well, we're going to start off in our neck of the woods here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where That's middle right. schoolers are threatened to be fined, like with money, hundreds of dollars of those monies, after organizing a sit-in to protest bullying by classmates that administrators have allegedly just allowed to happen. Just, they just you know, bullying's okay, apparently. Wow. And um, if you want to be peaceful protesting by doing a sit-in, then um, hand over your hundreds is, of dollars, middle schoolers. Yeah, this is a bizarre story. And, and for, like you said, peaceful protest, they were just sitting there and they weren't blocking the hallway from they what I understand. Doing, they were just sitting. Yeah, in, in light of the Black Lives Matter Global Network mm, Foundation yeah. riots and, and murders and property damage yeah. across the country in 2020, and there weren't that many fines then. But anyway, middle school, the emphasis is middle school. There's the headline, students cited and fined after organizing a sit-in at Lombardi Mini, or Middle School. Vince would be... I don't know what he would think about this, but we've got a video on this. We're going to watch it and we'll come back and talk about it. Check this out. Some of the girls were getting bullied for being sexual assault victims. And like the school was doing nothing about it. It wasn't asking her to leave, wasn't asking her nothing. They would just let her roam the halls and like just threaten us. She was just threatening us the whole time. That's a parent and two students at Lombardi Middle School. On May 24th, Cadiz and Jabriel tell me they and about a dozen other students organized a sit-in outside the main office at Lombardi Middle School. They say it was peaceful and they hoped it would cultivate change in school when it comes to bullying. They tell Action 2 News they've witnessed some of their friends who are being bullied they say for saying they are victims of sexual assault. During the sit-in, the students say they were moved and told they would get to voice their concerns. When they move us in, moved us into that room, okay. they, they told us that they wanted to hear a voice. So we started talking one by one, and then the principal started talking over us, which we didn't also, we also didn't feel like that was right, because obviously they're, then they're not hearing our voices. We reached out to the school in the district more than a week ago for an interview about the sit-in. They declined, but did share a statement that was provided to Lombardi school families. It states that at the start of the school day, several students held an impromptu sit-in outside Lombardi Middle School office. School administrators gave students the choice to speak individually with a staff member, provide a statement, or to return to class, and those students who did so received no consequences. The sit-in costing kids like Cadence and Jabriel a hefty fine. It's a lot of money. Cadence was cited on May 26 for loitering and disorderly conduct with fines costing her $563. I mean, they, they didn't do anything. They didn't hurt anybody. They weren't in anybody's way. They weren't clogging up the hallways. They were just sitting there and telling them, hey, something needs to be done. Yeah, see, what they were doing is actually fighting for something peacefully, for something that actually matters, so we can't have that happening. Yeah, this is a really bizarre story for a public school, and again, middle school. But I want to repeat that quote from uh, Candace's mother. Her name is Reba Charles. Uh, some of the girls were being bullied for being sexual assault victims. 
Now, this is, this is eye-opening if you just look at that sentence and if there's any truth or validity to that, because, I mean, the, the word that they were redacting from the article was th these girls would be calling whores, um, which is really sad. You're talking about middle school. So what's really going on? So the, if, if there was some bullying, which a lot of students apparently thought there were enough to try to have a sit-in, um, that should be looked into even further, Katie. Yeah, it should it, that should be looked into even further, but no, 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 we can't do that. Because according to Seth Meinl, the principal, he said that students who chose not to return to class did receive consequences that were in accordance with board policy and followed the district's multi-level system of support. Do you always notice, David? Yeah. How, when it seems to be things that students do or adults do for that matter, where it's things where it supports, I guess we would say, one little piece sliver of the population we'll just call it the lgbtq agenda people right 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 or the black lives matter agenda people then it's the response is always this is fighting for equity and equality for we got everyone students, we're fighting for all and we're doing right. yeah. but if a kid does a, something like a sit-in then all of a sudden the administrators or the principals or whoever it is giving the statement is searching for any little thing that they can do to be able to say, well, we, uh, our hands are tied because we're following school policy here and uh, there's nothing we can do about it at this time. <laughs> yeah, you ever this... notice that, everyone? I know you would do because you watch us regularly and you know how insane all of this is. It is. And th this statement says, the principal said, as a reminder, families are required at the beginning of each year to sign that they have read the student expectation handbook. Oh, yes. Okay. These expectations are in place for the safety of staff and students mm -hmm. and any behaviors that disrupt the learning environment, unsafe behaviors or threats will not be tolerated. Oh, so okay. So they're then. looking at apparently... These students that were concerned about bullying, who sat down in the hallway, again, from what I understand, they made it an unsafe environment? Is that what they're... And one of those fines, did you see in that story, $376 to a middle school kid? Come on. Yep. yep. There's just so many bizarre things about this story. But that's how we do things here in America. At least in Green Bay. Again, Vince Lombardi. What would he think? I do wonder. I don't know, but it says police are working on records requests and to get to the news. The news wants to get a little bit more information mm -hmm. on it. And so if there is a follow-up on this, if we find out anything different, we'll report it to you. But um, obviously the consequences that these middle school students received don't seem, quote, equitable <laughs> compared, compared to other alleged bullying incidents at Vincent T. Lombardi Middle School. But still to come, a professor at Purdue University specializing in Native American studies is turning heads after creating a huge display in the college hallway that claims all Christians have vast amounts of privilege. This should be interesting. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com.
goodness gracious, David. Yes, yes. All yes. of that Christian privilege is out and about again. Uh-oh. I'm looking at you. Now, a lecturer of Native American and Indigenous Studies at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. So it's I-U-P-U-I. <laughs> oh, those people in Indiana. How do you understand your universities? Anyway, her name is Charmaine, or Charlie Champion Shaw, created a campus hallway display that's entitled Understanding Christian Privilege, and it was showcased from at least October through all of the end of this school year that just ended here in May. So basically, wow, for seven, eight, nine months, so maybe eight months. So basically, it, it missed one month, September, yeah. of the whole school year. <laughs> well, it, it, I don't... It's down now. But anyway, oh. Champion Shaw is the director of the Office of American Indian Programs at IUPUI and has a passion, as she says, for teaching students about diversity and social justice. Of course. She teaches Introduction to Native American and Indigenous Studies, uh, Native American <clears throat> Women, and Native American Culture and Communication. Now, as her display stated so very clearly, Christian privilege is the idea that Christians receive inherent advantages in society, in school, in the workplace, and in public places due to the perception that Christianity is status quo, while other religions are not. Can we just um, put a camera, please, on David's face for the entirety of this? Um, because it's too good. As a result, other religions or attitudes about religion are marginalized, overlooked, or ignored altogether, or even perceived as troubling, problematic, or suspicious. David, no? Are we going to wait on your thoughts? I have more. I have plenty okay. more. I had to take a breath. So the bulletin board linked Christianity to white supremacy and systemic racism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also the university made no public efforts to remove mm -hmm. the poster. So we can surmise that the administrators at the public universities went along with this idea that uh, Christians were privileged. Mm -hmm, yes. As it also states, uh, that's the heart of the Christian privilege here is that benefits that apply to one group of people, Christians, okay. that other groups simply don't receive. Is there an now, example, a specific example anywhere? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm All sure. Right. Here we go. All right. Are so, you ready? Yep. Go ahead. Oh. <clears throat> Christians do not face systemic discrimination in the U.S. Oh my goodness. None. Zero. Religious diversity is not the same as Christianity being under attack, David. It's not. Religious. Christian pr privilege is directly connected to white supremacy, directly, and settler colonialism. <sighs> Christianity is too often seen as synonymous with moral goodness. And to wield Christian privilege is often to weaponize religion against non-Christians. David, your thoughts. Um, okay, there's just too much to do in one short segment. Oh, you can, every one of those we could spend five, ten minutes talking about because the reason they can put all this out there, this propaganda, this garbage, these lies and exaggerations, I'll be kind, is because they don't know, they're not teaching true history. And, they, and the, the students in these hallways that are seeing this, they don't know true history. That's how they can put this out there. So, yeah, oh, yeah, it's the Christians. It's the white man. It's the, yeah, our founding fathers who were white, racists, and, and Christians. And I'm thinking, my goodness, have, have they not paid any attention to any of the surveys about declining, not just Christianity, but religion, the Judeo-Christian religion in America, declining constantly? And the cases of discrimination, are you kidding me? They're suing 
business owners who are Christians across the country just for wanting to do their business a certain way, their own private business, Jack Phillips, Baronel Stutzman, I could go on and on and on. They're suing them, but they have there's Christian privilege. Let me tell you about my Christian white privilege. My dad uh, had to take over his family uh, and be the head of the household when he was a teenager. His dad was crippled on the job accident. Uh, there are pe people that lied. They didn't tell the whole story, so he didn't get any money. So my dad came from a very poor family in northern Michigan, and he worked his butt off, took care of the family. He was the oldest, paper route, odd jobs, carpentry, everything that he could do. And he ended up putting himself through college. Um, and I could go on about some of the hardships, but Christian privilege. Well, here's the deal, David, though. Was he a Christian? Yes. Ah, see, he's privileged. That's what, that, sorry, none of that okay. matters at all, at all, apparently. But he's okay. not alone because there are other privileged groups in the U.S. that this professor um, points out. White people, able-bodied people, oh. heterosexuals, males, middle or owning class people, middle-aged people, and English-speaking people. You're all privileged, too. Oh so goodness. you're not good. Who? Who is not privileged? Oh, yes. All of the people that she supports, not who the entire country supports. But that's mm. the Christian privilege checklist that she uh, put out uh, included saying, you know, if you want to you want to take the checklist and, and prove your Christian privilege there. Uh, some of the examples she put on there explaining how Christians are privileged, too, is that music and television programs pertaining to your religion's holidays are readily accessible. It's called the internet. Everyone had, like, you can get the internet now. Like, and you can have everything readily accessible. So I don't understand the music and television programs one. Boom. Um, also, you can worship freely without fear of violence or threats. David, is that true? Is that, yeah. So who's threatening, you mean? That, that's, that's showing if you, if you can worship freely without fear of violence or threats, that's you showing your Christian privilege. That's all of it. All of that is, yeah. Isn't and that under a bumper the sticker, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> we don't read things like that. Oh, a bumper sticker supporting your religion won't likely lead to your car being vandalized. No, oh. just having your car in uh, San Francisco or any other major <laughs> blue city will lead to it Jeez. being vandalized. <clears throat> so there's that. There's just but this, that's your privilege checklist right there, you Christians. They can't be this naive or ignorant. They can't be. So you almost have to conclude that this is. And agenda-driven, by the way, they're talking about social justice. Again, friends, whenever you put a word in front of justice, mm -hmm. it's most likely not true justice. God is a just God, and God is the author of justice and fairness and equity. I mean, it's a biblical concept. So they're twisting this and putting their social, whatever they want to deem they need their rights or they want more emphasis or whatever, um, they put that in front of justice. This is just really amazing that, first of all, that it was up for, what, eight months, this oh, bulletin board? Yes. Um, Christian you want to talk about naivety. Uh, okay. The dean of the School of Liberal Arts, where this was, Tammy Eitel, claimed to be unaware of the architect behind the controversial bulletin board. We didn't know who it was. Uh, how are we going to detect this? How did that this? get and there? Th she said, we're going to do an inventory of bulletin boards in the hall, Kavanaugh Hall, where it was, in preparation for removing the boards for the summer. And... Um, that, you know, we're going to find out. And then the professor was like, yeah, it was me. I did it. <laughs> because what what does she care? There's going to be no consequences for exactly. her. And they don't even pay attention. But that's where we're at. <sighs> Either way, coming up, Astounding. here's a shocker. 
we have trackers on this show, the number of Americans who currently identify as socially conservative has reached the highest level in more than a decade. Oh my gosh, it's a, it's a true shocker. What? It actually is. We're going to discuss what this means and what it may be uh, driving this increase next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Now here's something you don't see every day. Pay attention to this one. A new Gallup poll says that the number of Americans who identify as socially conservative has reached the highest level since 2012. Oh, wow, 2012. Huh. I wonder what happened in 2012 if there was a re-election of yes, that's right. any certain president. And then a everything Marxist went president. downhill from there. That's right. There were such high hopes back then and <laughs> four years prior to that. There was hope. Hope, hope. and change, hope right? Hope and change. And hope then and change. Certainly did change. Yes. And we lost all hope. All right. The numbers are part of Gallup's Value and Belief Survey, which was conducted uh, basically for three weeks in May, for most of May, with a random sample of 1,011 respondents. It found that 38% of Americans identify as very conservative or conservative, and that's up by 5% from just one year prior. All right. And it was that was up from 3% in 2021. So basically, it's been going up in the past couple of years. And then that number, that 38%, actually tied with the 2012 numbers. Ooh, interesting. What has happened in like a decade's time, 11 years, but a decade's time since 2012? What, anything that would make people think they should be maybe a little bit more socially conservative? Uh, Democrat socialism and Marxist policies and agendas that are attacking kids and kids are not safe, children are not safe. There's legislation on trans surgeries for minors. Should we go on? They're funding no. <laughs> abortion at record levels, even though Roe v. Wade was overturned. The abortion funding is that. I mean, you can go on on these policies. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And yeah, 2012 is an interesting starting point for mm -hmm. some of this. And the fact is the pendulum has swung too far. The left has gone too far so in what they were trying to get done. Are you saying they overplayed their hand? A little bit, just a little bit, yeah. but that's probably that Christian privilege showing through again. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Now, and this is exactly what we're talking about, the socially conservative number has gone up, and at the same time, what do you know, the very liberal or liberal numbers have gone down. So they people are swinging back over to, you know, where reality lives in sanity. So uh, those Americans who identify as very liberal or liberal dropped down 5% from last year. So people are just like, never mind, you've done too much. I think they're like cutting off healthy breast tissue and shoving uh, estrogen and testosterone into our children may just be a little too far oh, for look us. look at the social issues. Yes, now ideology. if you look at the social issue ideology by political party in the past couple of years, uh, you can see that Republicans, you would think, are gonna be more conservative than they have been they that number has dramatically increased on the republican side what in the you know in the democrats the they're basically stagnant yeah what's happening is more i think probably independents are coming over the numbers you always have to look for everybody just yeah. in case you didn't know in the political world democrats are going to do democrats 
Republicans are going to do Republicans. It's what are the independents thinking? It's what are the independents thinking? They are the ones who are going to determine what actually happens because you're in your camp and they're in their camp and it's the independents who could be like, well, this time around, I like more what the Democrats are doing or I like what the Republicans are doing. So those are the numbers to take a look at. So you actually see in just two years, more conservatism is found in the independents by 5%. In 2021, it was 24%. Then it went up to 26 Now it's up to 29%. They are finding that, wow, I think what, politically speaking, those Democrats are showing their hand, as we've been talking about. So that's where we need to focus a lot of our attention. Another interesting fact uh, from this survey, almost 70% of Americans believe athletes should only be allowed to play on teams that conform to their actual gender, boys against boys, Girls against girls. Now, this is the general public, according to the survey, 69%. That's an overwhelming majority. And it's up by seven per, another 7% from back in 2021. So it's, it's increasing. It's growing. We are finding but, more well, evidence that you boys should go against yes. boys and girls should go against girls. But Even you, more. But do you see this in public policy? Not so oh, much. Oh, of course not. There's because the debate, what's happening. Depending on whether you're in a blue state or a red state, who's the governor, you don't see this yet in public policy, well, but the in, in, American's ex- majority um, that's are saying because, yes. That's because at the federal level where this could get you know done, uh, the politicians, and I don't care if you're R, D, or I, they're not doing anything because they're focusing on things that affect them. They actually don't truly care about you, just in case you didn't know. The elites are going to elite, and they don't care that your teenage daughter just lost out on scholarships to college because a boy decided, you know what, I'm not good at running the 100-meter dash for the boys, but hey, I could crush those girls. And so that's what happens. Your politicians don't care about that. So Americans, yes, we all believe it. If if our p- politicians did what the Americans actually cared about, our world would be a better place. Yep, true. Oh, it's almost as a... Fi- as if the founding fathers knew this back when they started the Constitution and the way it was actually meant to be in, <laughs> yes. not what we have now. The way it was set up. Anyway, anyway, uh, we've got our latest Babylon Bee headline, so I would like to discuss that now. Okay. Would you? I would. Okay, stay Will right do. there. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families, like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, before we wrap up this show for the day, let's take a look at everyone's favorite satire site, The Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. We picked our five favorite headlines and we'll now decide which one should be named Queen of the Hive. And let's start with official state religion enters high holy days (laughs) with the pride flag there in the middle at the White House. Yeah. Next, Biden institutes call to gay prayer five times a day facing San Francisco. Oh, no. 
Next. Oh, no. Biden updates Iwo Jima Memorial oh, with pride flag. No. Next. Child waves at his teacher and principal acting out bondage scene on pride parade float. <laughs> and finally, sad Trump says he was just a few document boxes away from building a really cool <laughs> fort. Oh, I like that one. Katie. All right. There's three of <laughs> them that had an outburst from you I, of some wow. kind. Yeah. Oh. That's what I say to Babylon B. Good job, Babylon B. But oh, you stuck it to him on that. Yeah. I think Babylon B looks forward to June every <laughs> year because the, the headlines are just so, so many. abundant yeah. for them. Yeah. Which is a sad state of affairs, but that that was a nice little touch there with the the Trump thing at the end. I'm surprised he hasn't said that himself. That sounds like an actual Trump statement. He yeah. would say, "Hey, you guys, I had a really cool fort I was about. It, it's going to be the next best thing ever. It's it's like Mar-a-Lago, but better." I can't do a Trump impersonation, yeah. no, but anyway, you, no, I don't know which one. I don't. I I don't have a favorite. Really, they were pretty good. Like I think all of. Okay. But okay, if you want to say one, five times a day prayer. Oh no, you know who that's. Because if, if Muslims, if, if you follow Islam, yeah, it's, it's you not have making to, fun of Christians. No, you have to follow that. And and guess who doesn't support everything pride? Muslims, the Muslims don't. So, oh, so yeah, you see how it's not that Christian privilege. It's that Christian privilege, but not at all. What do you yeah. got? Yeah, well, I, I like number one. Number the, one, the official state religion <laughs> it, it does enters enter. High Holy Days. That's true. And that's the no. Um, th- this shouldn't be satire because that's true. Right? Yeah, the the sex cult of the LGBTQ is the official government of the United States, meaning the Democrat-led administration, the Biden administration, that these are High Holy Days in the month of June for the Biden Democrats and the socialists and the Marxists. This is their time. So, yeah, that one really was not satire, but seeing that, and I shared that on social media as well. Did you? <laughs> Can you imagine what our great-grandparents yeah, would, my great, would think granddaddy. if there was a, first of all, they wouldn't know what the pride flag is. Oh, they'd be confused. Is, but if there was a pride flag in the middle of the American flags at the White House, what is the pride flag? What are these rainbow colors? Can you imagine <laughs> if they were told what they stood for? That's going to wrap it up for the top headlines this week. More satire next time. Oh, Katie? I bet there will be plenty of it. Plenty. All right. Well, if you're a fan of the show, if you could just like, comment, share, and let us know what we're doing A-OK and what, you know, some ideas or anything we can talk about here on the show. We're always open to ideas. Now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.